Good morning. This is awesome. So, yeah, with Consumed, um, it was it was amazing. It was so much more than what I was expecting. And uh, it was such a blessing, I know, for Heather and myself and for Paul just to see how um, how engaged the, the youth were and just how Holy Spirit moved on people and to see them up front just worshiping and committing their lives to the Lord, just recommitting and just dedication. And the theme, it's its so in keeping with what we've been doing for the last, I don't know, month and a half or so. One of our, our key topics um, for the last month has been um, being light. God has called us to be light. He is the Father of lights. Yes, of stars, heaven, you know, moon, but you are the light. You are lights. Jesus has called us light. He is the father of his children who are light. That's them. That's me. That's you. And so with the glow stick thing, it was it was really cool because, yeah, everybody had their glow sticks and they turned all the lights and there's all these glow sticks everywhere. And it's about stepping out and being light in the darkness. So when the lights are off, it's completely dark. It's like a, a room like this with no windows. Um, and they shut off all the lights, and then everybody's not, nobody's allowed to break their glow stick yet. And then one person breaks theirs, and you can just see this one little light in the middle of all this darkness. And all of a sudden, all these lights start appearing all over the room. What does darkness have to do with us? Nothing. Because we're light. And we can walk into dark places as light and bring transformation. You don't have to, to go when it's not all the necessarily the shumba bumba, like people falling over and angels showing up. That happens, but not every day. It's just showing up and being light in darkness, loving on your neighbor, being the love of God that so many people have never experienced, never even Never even thought about or pondered about. I'm I'm blown away by. This is so loud in my room. <laughs> I'm blown away by how many young people we meet who have never heard the name of Jesus. At ABSS, we talk to people. I'm sitting last Wednesday with these guys. Um, they've never heard the name of Jesus. Who's that? And I'm like, what? Like, it's 2016, we're in Port Alberni, British Columbia, Canada, and you've never heard the name of Jesus? And they don't know. The only thing they recognize Jesus as is a swear word, or, or God is a swear word. That's it. And they don't know. So something as simple as, as doing hot chocolate ministry, um, it's an opportunity for the young people, and we were talking about this on Friday and on Wednesday with the young adults, it's an opportunity where they can just learn to step out and to be light. And it's not scary. It's just some young guy sitting by himself and him going, hey, you know what? We have some hot chocolate. There's a bunch of us over here. You want to come join us? Here's our hot chocolate. That's it. It's not a bribe. It's just showing somebody love and that you care about them. Because for so, so many weeks and months and lunches, whatever it is, they're on their own. They walk around like this. And the burdens and the cares of the world is pressing down on all these young people. And they're heavy, and you can see it. They wear it. They sit there by themselves, their lunches. Or other kids are sitting around them, and they just, you can see it on them. 
It's like a heavy jacket that they're wearing. Anyways, I'm not actually talking about that. Um, <laughs> today we're talking about something else we've been sharing and talking with the youth, and that is giving your heart to Jesus versus giving your life to Jesus. See, when we, when we give our hearts to Jesus, and this is a phrase we use, oh, I gave my heart to Jesus. That's nice. But when I give my heart to Jesus, I don't necessarily give him the rest of me. So I give him a component of myself. Okay, my emotions, I'm going to give you that part of me. But this other part of me, I keep to myself. And as Christians so often, we get into this mindset where I love Jesus, I love you God you've got, my, you've got my heart you've got my heart but I'm still burdened and I'm still upset when my boss comes to me and says something off the cuff and I get offended by it and I'm angry by it and my first response is anger rises up inside of me or I have no patience my first response when something happens at work or at home or someone cuts me off on the road is no patience I'm just like and I'm angry and I yell, or under my breath, I'm thinking things in my mind. So I still have all these little compartments that aren't surrendered yet. As a body, as individuals, we are called to give up our lives. I can't walk in a spirit of offense and carry my cross at the same time. Does that make sense? It's a choice. And this is something that the, the Holy Spirit's been reminding me of a lot lately, is that Every day is a decision. Every moment is a decision. You know what? I'll be honest with you guys. It is offensive to people when they say, how are you doing? And say, I'm amazing. They get offended by it. They're not like, wow, that's awesome. Some people are. But so many times I experience people like, well, you're not amazing. You can't be amazing. And I'm like, why not? Well, no, God's amazing. God lives inside of me and I'm his son, so I'm amazing. And they're upset with me for being amazing. And I'm like, well, you should be amazing too. The problem is you just don't know who you are yet. You're still bound up in this idea that I've given him my heart, but my life, that belongs to me, and I'm caught up in all my other stuff. But it's not our lives. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So what I want to talk about is giving him our heart versus giving him our lives. Being surrendered. And it's really funny that you talked about that line in the sand. Um, a while ago, probably a year or two ago now, and it's something I was going to share. I had this dream, and uh, in this dream, I'm not sure if I shared this before or not, Jesus is walking up the beach, and so the beach is on one side, and then the right-hand side is, is the ocean, and I'm walking down the beach, and I see Jesus is walking up the beach towards me. And he stops, probably like right where this front chair is here, away from me, and he doesn't say anything at first and I look at him and I know it's him and he just draws this line in the sand and I'm at my first thought it's like oh no <laughs> uh oh <laughs> this isn't good and he says to me choose and I'm like you I don't even know what he's going to say I'm just in my heart I'm like yes and he says choose he says do you want the true gospel or do you want what you're walking in right now? The Western gospel right now. It's a form of godliness denying his power where we surrender our hearts but we don't surrender our lives. Where we're not willing to step out and say, I'm going to count the cost even if I have nothing to offer 
Over here, I'm safe and I'm light because this is my happy place, my environment, and it's, it's comfortable here. And I know that I can speak here and I know that I can share here. But over here, if I'm out in the street or I'm somewhere else, I have nothing to offer. And you know what? I feel like that all the time. I have nothing to offer. I was talking to Heather about that the other day. I'm like, I've got nothing to offer. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's, there's moments where you feel like that, but in that moment is a decision. I can walk in that, mull it over, ponder it, believe it, and then what happens when I believe it is that's what I become. I become this person who says, I have nothing to offer. This is all I am. I'm only human. That, that, honestly, that phrase makes me want to puke every time I hear it. I'm only human. I'm just like... <coughs> As Christians, it's a lie. You're not. As soon as you die to yourself, you become something else. You now have the DNA of your father. That makes you supernatural. That means you're walking. The fullness of the kingdom of heaven is where? Dwells where? In me. So how can I only be human if the fullness of the kingdom of heaven dwells within me? I can't. I met with a guy the other day, um, this amazing young man who I didn't know up until I went to pick him up. Um, a friend of mine from the mainland had emailed me, asked me to meet with this guy because he'd tried to um, hang himself with an extension cord. And he'd been struggling with drugs. He's been involved in heavy drug addiction since he was 12. I think he started meth when he was 12. And the other day he tried to kill himself. He's 21. And so I got in contact with his mom and then they made a, a time and a place where we met. And I was just sharing with him and just talking to him. And he showed me pictures of a car accident that he was in. This car was like completely shredded. There was nothing left of it. I'm like, how did you walk away from that? And he didn't actually physically walk away from it. The ambulance came and they got him out and he was in, he broke his, everything. The guy was like snapped in half. But the fact is he's not dead. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And you sit there and I'm watching him and all of a sudden he's little, you can see him. He's like, hmm, I've never heard this before. He doesn't know. He has no idea that it's a God who is crazy about him. In Zephaniah it says that he rejoices over you while you're sleeping. He sings over you. And, and the, the context is that he spins wildly. He's like this, this excited dad who's passionate over his kids but while they're sleeping. He's like, yeah, I love you so much. And he's trying to be quiet because he doesn't wake you up. But he's like, oh man, I love you so much. My heart's exploding with passion for you. And he, he didn't know that. He has no idea who God is, who Jesus is, other than the curse word. And so I'm unpacking the gospel to this guy. And, I'm, and, and we're talking about slavery. I didn't even look at my notes. Um, we're talking about slavery and, and sin. And he goes, well, I can't get this stuff out of my head. It's because you don't know. You've never met Jesus. You have no other choice. And there's this, there's this thought um, that people who, who don't know Jesus yet are supposed to be something other than what they are. But the fact is they're slaves. They can only be slaves because there's no other option. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? But when they have a God encounter, when Jesus walks into the room and they give their lives to him, not just their hearts holding back a bit, but their lives to him, everything 
is now available for him to completely transform. When they get to this point where they now have this God encounter while Jesus consumes them, they have, are given a new heart. Our old heart is gone. The idea that I'm only human is now eradicated because my old heart is gone. I have been given a new heart. I have been given new DNA. You guys tracking? And so I was explaining to this, this young man that at this one point, all you know is this road. But when, you, when God encounters you and the Holy Spirit shows up, now you have a choice. Now you're set on a new path. Now, as a new creation, this is the new path I'm in. I'm no longer only human. I can make choices that, that define me, that transform my surroundings, that transform my environment, that transform everywhere I put my feet. Or, as someone who's free, I do have a choice and an option to go back to being a slave. A slave is only a slave until they're set free. But once you're set free, now you have a decision. And you could go back to slavery and living in sin and living in a way that you used to live in lust and fear in all these other things and resentment and bitterness and anger and all these emotions that rise up within us. Or we have the decision and the option to say no. When we have these thoughts, when we have this, this, this moment where, I don't know, some crazy young driver is bombing by, er, cuts you off, it's pouring rain out, and you're like, wah! And you're freaking out because they're cutting you off and you don't know what you're doing. And inside, instantly, what's your first emotion? What's our heart reaction? We have a choice in that moment. I can be like, <laughs> I can be like all angry and bitter inside, or I can choose. And I can say, okay, I'm free. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave to this condition where I don't have a choice anymore and I just react out of whatever's stuffed way down inside of me. I have an option. Instantly I have an option. And I can bless that person and pray for that person and speak love over that person and speak life over that person. Does that make sense? Cool. Okay, I'm actually going to look at my notes. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote down, um, I went to a suicide prevention thing the other day and uh, met with somebody from Tame Mental Health that came and they were working with uh, the Bulldogs and the, all their shaft, I mean all their um, billets, that's what it is, thank you. All their billets and the, the coaching staff and some of the city staff were there and they had this big thing on, on suicide prevention and what to look for. Um, with people who are, are hurting and who are at risk of suicide. And one of the things that they said, which is just like, it was amazing, and it's true, was that people don't want to die. It's, it's not that they want to die. It's that they don't know how to live. Right? And it's true. They don't know how to live. You get to this point where you're lost, you're stuck in the mud, and it's like, it's hopeless. This is hopeless. I have no other option. I'm in complete despair. And that's before Jesus. That's before they're shown another option. And what, what I'm seeing in my other line of work is that people are struggling to try and find hope and life without truth. And so they 
construct this version of truth. But it's just band-aids. It's, it's things that don't heal. We watched um, Hacksaw Ridge, is that what it's called? Yeah, the other day. Very bloody movie, but absolutely phenomenal movie. Um, and I was, I was sitting there during the movie, and I'm watching these guys, and it's like, it, it's quite graphic, so it, I mean, it's, it's, they make it very realistic. Um, someone loses a limb or something like that. It's not all pretty. And I was thinking about people in our community. The body, just people who don't even know Jesus, people who are out in the the street or people in addiction or people who are at risk of suicide and things like this. And the world has nothing to offer them other than the person laying there with this gaping wound, arterial spray everywhere, and they come up with a Band-Aid and say, here's a happy thought. I took some photographs of some posters from my work. This is a happy thought. And one of them was, um, (laughs) every time you have a negative thought, write it down in your arm or somewhere in your body. So if if you're self-hating, you know, I suck today. Oh, look at me, I'm this. I've got nothing to offer. Write it down. And then you go to the washroom and you wash off that negativity. Get rid of the negativity. It's good for the moment until you leave the bathroom and then it starts up again. I'm going to be all day going, wash it off right now. Oh, wash it off. Okay, oh, I suck it right now. Wash it off again. It doesn't solve anything. It's some guy laying there on the battlefield with arterial spray going, <laughs> and me coming up with, you know, some morphine and a band-aid. There you go, buddy. You don't feel the pain anymore. You'll be right as rain in the morning. It doesn't work like that. Surrendering our heart, surrendering our life is very much the same way. Surrendering, saying, come into my heart. I'm still holding on to all these dark things and I don't give God access necessarily. The challenge is to give him full reign. Now, who was it who was talking? Was it Parrish Reedhead? Reminds me of a comment he made. Um, I don't know if I've shared this or not before. Uh, do you guys know who Parrish Reedhead is? He's an old school preacher. And he was doing a, a message one time, and some famous um, televangelist guy came up to him. And so Parrish Reedhead, he's, he's walking in power, man. He's doing this stuff. He's out there and people are getting saved and set free and delivered and there's healings and all stuff happening. And this guy comes up and he says, I want what you've got. And he goes, what's that? He goes, this Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. They say, why? You've got a successful radio show. You've got a successful TV ministry. You've got a successful church. You've done pretty well on your own without the Holy Spirit. And the guy's like, I want what you've got. I want what you've got. And so Paris Reedhead's talking to this guy and he's like, you just want him to further your own, your own kingdom. He says, tell you what, and he uses analogy of, of driving. He says, you have to let go of the steering wheel because you're in control of your own life. And you need to get into the back seat. And you need to let Jesus drive. And he stops and he goes, no, no, no. I know, I know how you are because I used to be just like you. He says, that won't do. Because Jesus will start driving and you'll reach over and you'll grab the wheel and you'll try to take control again. He says, what you need to do is you need to give Jesus the keys. You need to get out of the car, walk around to the trunk, pop open the trunk, climb into the trunk, 
let him close the trunk and through the keyhole yell, fill it up with whatever you want and take me wherever you want to go. Because until you do that, until you are wholly surrendered in every area, it's too easy to reach over and grab control. I wasn't sure about where to go with this. Have you ever experienced where someone is offended by your freedom? Why is that? I don't find it so much out on the street. The other week I was, you know, just out walking around meeting with people and talking with people and stuff like that. And I can be me. I can be completely open and they're like, how are you doing? I'm amazing. I just, God loves you. Well, why are you amazing? Because Jesus is amazing and he lives inside of me. And I have a decision. I can be, yeah, I'm okay. And, yeah, how you doing? Adequate. Pretty okay. Or, I can walk in complete surrender and say, Jesus, you're amazing. Today I'm amazing because you make me that way because you are good. And what I carry, I carry it like this. Because I don't have a right to hold on to stuff anymore. We don't have a right as a Christian. This thing here. When we come to that, we die. <laughs> you die. You die. Dead people don't get offended. We can all get together in our car right now, drive up to the cemetery, walk through the graveyard yelling all sorts of insults and belittling the people there right now, all the gravestones. Not one of them is going to be offended. Not one of them is going to care. They're not going to be like, bitterness, anger, offense. They don't care. Why not? They're dead. If I'm dead to myself, if I no longer live but Christ lives in me and my employer walks up to me and this is not at all my job but say I had some weird desk job and I got papers and stuff and he says, I need this entire thing filled out by tonight. I could be offended, I could be upset, I could mutter, I could be angry. Why? I have a choice. I'm entitled to be those things. But I'm free. I'm free to choose Praise the Lord, man. Bless you. It sucks, but praise God. I'm going to do it with the joy of the Lord because my circumstances do not dictate my joy. My circumstances do not dictate how I walk. They shouldn't. If they do, then I'm not wholly surrendered. And I need to go back and say, God, what am I missing? Holy Spirit, whatever that is inside of me, that anxiety, that fear, that anger, I'm giving it to you. I haven't even read the Bible yet. We're going to do that. <coughs> Romans 6. So you guys can turn your Bibles there if you've got your Bibles. I'm going to jump down to verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. 
We'll stop there. When we are surrendered, we are set free from sin. We have options. If I used to live a lascivious lifestyle, if I used to be violent, if I used to be an addict, if I used to be whatever, pick one of a hundred thousand things, I can stay in that mindset I still have Jesus in my heart. Say, Jesus, I accept you into my heart. But then keep identifying with that mindset. Well, that's just how I am. I'm human. Does that make sense? We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. That includes my old mindsets. That includes my old behavioral patterns. That includes my lascivious lifestyle. That includes any addiction issues that I may have had. I am no longer a slave to these things. They are buried. They are dead. And the only time they resurrect is when I go back with my shovel in the middle of the night with my little lantern and dig them up again. Which is something that we for some reason, cling on to. I, mean, I talk with so many people and I hear this over and over and over. I'm entitled. Don't you think I'm entitled to feel this way? Well, that depends. Are you surrendered or are you not? Because if you're dead, then no, you're not entitled anymore because it's no longer my life. So I'm not entitled to go back to my old stinking thinking and digging up again just for one good night. I'm not. I'm free. But the good news is I have a choice. I'm no longer set on this one path. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I have an option. I have Jesus. I have new DNA. I am a new creation in Christ. So I can choose in that moment when the sin's knocking on the door. It's like, and it happens. And that thought comes into your head. If I'm not entertaining the thought, I'm not sinning. As soon as something pops into my head, take every thought captive. Go in Jesus' name. Whatever is holy and pure and righteous and blameless and just, think about these things. And so we have options in our lives as Christians. But sometimes it's difficult to make the right choice and say, I'm choosing righteousness. I'm choosing holiness. So why is it difficult? Because it's so quiet. I have to tell a joke or something. What's that joke you told me the other day to share? Okay, I got a good joke. This is one of my kids' jokes. I shared this the other day at the the suicide prevention thing. The woman who's speaking asked for jokes. So, how does it go? Why didn't the toilet paper cross the road? It was stuck in a crack. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a good kid joke. I enjoyed it. Anyways, okay. <laughs> At least I get some moaning. It's so quiet in here. 
<laughs> I forgot where I was going. Stinking thinking. Why is this so difficult? Because we don't know who we are. As we come into revelation of sonship, as you come into revelation of identity, and it's a decision, it transforms how we walk. It transforms your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your heart, mind. Why the mind? Why the mind? This is where the battle is. This is the spiritual worker right here. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he does. He kills, he steals, he destroys, he's depressed, he's angry, he's bitter. He's all of those things. And he loves to share it. And if he can come along and whisper in your ear, in your ear, this is where the battle is. You know what? This isn't working out. You have nothing to offer. Look at you. You don't have it all together. You should go do this. And that longing comes back and that heart comes back and that desire comes back. It's here. Battlefield of the mind. And in that moment we have that decision and we can say, as Jesus did, I choose this. I choose life. Why? Out of intimacy. Out of relationship. Out of desire for my Father. Why should I sin? Why Do I need to? Is it like a requirement of me? Do I need to walk in sin? Or am I set free from sin? If it's not a requirement, and if I'm set free from sin, what is my motivation for transforming my mind, for, for choosing righteousness, for choosing to walk in the fullness? It's identity. It's relationship. It's sonship. Why do I want to choose this when I have God right here? And He's everything. Okay, I'm going to jump down to verse 10 in Romans 6. I'm not keeping track of time. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. You also must consider yourselves dead to sin. Verse 12. Let not sin Therefore, reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Let not. Don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. We are free. You are free. You are sons and daughters. A surrendered life is a life free from the I have to's or I'm entitled to. You're free from that. Well, he offended me and he said this and he made me do this. I have news for you guys. Nobody can make you do anything. You have a choice. We have choices. Let not, therefore, 
don't let sin right in our mortal bodies. We have decisions. We have options. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death, old man, to life. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin has no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Guys, this is amazing news. We're under grace. We're no longer slaves to sin. So my challenge this morning is, have I given him my heart or have I given him my life? See, I can give my wife my heart and I can move to Australia and have a great time. But she's still got my heart. I can write her letters. We can FaceTime. We can talk via texting and email. She's got my heart. But I haven't given her my life. I don't spend my nights with her. We don't go on dates. We don't spend time together. See the difference? I'm not wholly surrendered. She can give me advice and I'll be like, that doesn't matter. I'm in Australia. Come here. I love you. You got my heart. I'm doing whatever I want to do. What is that? The two become one flesh. She has my heart. But I've also given her my life. I want to spend time with her. I want to spend every day with her. Her opinion is important. Her opinion impacts my life. My opinion impacts her life. Same thing. So the challenge for you, the challenge for me, the challenge for all of us, is have I given Jesus my heart or have I surrendered my life? And if I've surrendered my life, then I no longer have a right to anger, sin, offense, condemnation, judgment. They're dead. They died with my old man. I am a new creation in Christ and I have a choice. I can walk in stinking thinking. I can walk in freedom. And walk as Jesus did and say, you can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter because he loves me. And if he loves me, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world says. It doesn't. This is where we get so caught up. How much time do I have? A couple minutes? Five minutes? Okay. We get so caught up in what other people think. And that's not fair. That we forget who we are. We forget who we are. Um, I had a, a song I wanted to play if it's available to play. One of them was, was a song named Renegade. <laughs> and the reason I wanted to play Renegade is it's, it's a fun song. But it's the world. It's the world. And it's about being a renegade and you know, being a rebel and getting out there and doing something and making a difference. But it doesn't make a difference. What are they what are they being renegades against? What are we rebelling against? What? Nothing. It's just the same as everybody else. I re- I listen to this and I'm thinking, that's me. As a Christian, I'm a renegade. Why? Because the world hates me. 
Jesus said, the world hated me, it's going to hate you. <laughs> and it does. You know, we'll skip the song. We don't have to play it. It's okay. We'll play I Surrender instead. Sorry. Thank you. We're called to go into darkness. We're called to be surrendered. No longer our own. Fully His. I want to encourage you guys. Um, go. Get out into the community. Even if you don't feel like you have anything to offer. Because you know what? Just showing love to somebody is something to offer. Jesus didn't have to go and smoke crack to know what it's like to sit with somebody who's on drugs. He didn't need to do opiates to be able to sit with somebody. He didn't need to be in, in whatever lifestyle in order to sit with them. He went where they were. Why? Because he carried the kingdom of heaven with him. Because he is life. He is truth. He is freedom. He is peace. And wherever he goes, they follow. Guess who you are? Guess who we are? The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells where? We are light. So get out and go. It doesn't matter if you haven't experienced what they've experienced. Because when you step into a room, you bring something that they have never experienced. Which is the kingdom. Which is the Father. Which is Jesus. Which is the Holy Spirit. Fully surrendered. Means you hold on to nothing. We walk with our lives. What's this? Oh, definition of renegade. A deserter from faith cause or an allegiance to another. An individual who rejects lawful or conventional behavior. This is fighting against sin, which they're already walking in. So not really fighting against anything. Here's my life. Okay? I've given my heart to God. Jesus, you have my heart. This is my life. This is the plan for my life. This is my offense because somebody this morning said something to me which made me upset. They tried pushing my buttons and they did. Grr. So I'm entitled to this. Wrong. I'm dead. So you walk like this. And when we walk like this, I can say, God, I have an option to be offended. I have an option to be angry. I have an option to feel like a loser. I have an option to say I have nothing to offer. And for a moment I might look at it and go, you know what? I really don't. And then I say, get behind me. It's not true. I'm walking with open hands. Everything I have is his. Surrendered lifestyle means we walk with open hands. Everything we have is his and everything we have, we allow him then to reach down and take it out. And we're trusting. He's going to give me something much better. Here, we'll use this instead. This is much better. He's going to give me something much better. And he's going to put that in my hands. So I want to play this song as we close. I listen, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to this song three, four times in a row. I absolutely love this song. And this is like, I pray this all the time. And just listen to the words, read the words. I know a lot of you know it already. But sing it out, speak it out, and just pray. And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's places in our lives, in your lives, that you need to relinquish to Him, to be wholly surrendered. Freedom is found 
and surrender. Freedom is found in death at the foot of the cross. When we come to Jesus and we say, yes, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I surrender everything. That is when all these things that are hanging on the cross or all these chains are broken off. That is when we have the ability to say, I am no longer a slave to sin. And we have choice and freedom. So as this plays, sing it, speak it out, pray it out, and just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal